And uh, so it was the choir, the choir song this morning. Matter of fact, I, I will say I, I listened to it Wednesday night. I got to hear them singing it, and I went, hmm, I like that. And it, and it reminded me of Jesus walking on the water. Now, it, it's not exactly about that, but it, it may not even have been inspired by that. But, it, but it, as soon as I heard, step into the water, wait out a little bit deeper. You know, when I thought about that, I went, I think about Peter walking on the water, and, and Jesus says, come on and do it. So that's what this morning's um, sermon is going to be on. It, um, and it also reminded me of a book that I've read that, that is called, um, If You Want to Walk on Water, You Have to Get Out of the Boat. It's by um, John Ortberg, and um, I'm going to use a little bit of his stuff in that, and then a lot of my stuff. And but that our scripture passage this morning is in Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14. I'm going to ask you if you'd like to stand as we read God's word. It's, it's Matthew 14, beginning in verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him. To the other side while he dismissed the crowd after he had dismissed them he went up on a mountain side by himself to pray when evening came he was there alone but the boat was already a considerable distance from the land buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it during the fourth watch of the night jesus went out to them walking on the lake when the disciples saw him walking on the lake they were terrified it is a ghost they said and cried out in fear but Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those that were within the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. May God bless the reading of his word. You can be seated. This story can be centered on a couple things, major things. Faith and fear. Isn't that us? We live our lives in faith and fear. We know God's going to take care of this. But we're still afraid. COVID, <laughs> it's got to be the number one thing. Everybody's on everybody's mind. It's cranked back up again. Everybody's worried about it. I am. Everybody is. Talking about a third shot now, and you're talking about all this stuff. We we have faith that God can take care of us and all, but we still have this fear of this disease that can get that can grab hold of you and kill you possibly. We live in a constant battle. That, frankly, when I retired a year ago, I kind of was. Uh, in that boat. I had faith that God was going to take care of me. I was going to be fine. But then I had that fear, did I plan well enough? Did I look at it this way? Did I do this? What do I going to do? And that's the way it works. Faith and fear. Parenting. We have some parents in here. And, and if you're a parent, you know exactly what I mean. Most of what we do, most of the things we yell and scream about, we're out of fear. I mean, it was, are they going to get hurt? Are they going to embarrass us and them? Or what are they going to do? You know, we're, we're afraid most of the time because we, we don't want them to get, we, we want their protection. We want them to grow up to be good citizens of the world and nice people and people people want to be around and like and all that. But we do with our faith. We should have faith, though, that God's going to take care of them. Even though we're afraid, we have to trust that God will be there and take care of them and, and guide them in that. And 
all of you parents know exactly there's a lot of prayer that goes into parenting. You must. What? How else will it happen? Well, the disciples were afraid. Now, they were in a storm. The wind is blowing. You know, they're, they're afraid. They're kind of, what, what are we going to do? They're in, the, they're in the boat. The waves are going. Most of the disciples, if you remember, were fishermen. Now, my guess is this was not the first time they had been in a storm. My guess is this is not the first time they'd had waves crashing over the bow of their boat. I don't know if any of you have been in that situation or not. Um, I, my dad was in the Navy for 28 years, and, was, and he told me there were times in the big old aircraft carrier that he was in that the waves came up to the flight deck. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's just crazy stuff. And um, I, I know I, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell on me a little bit. I, when I was a kid, I'm a middle child. I have ADD. I did not know what ADD was when I was a child. They didn't, back in those days, that was, you were just bad, you know, you know that, <laughs> however you want to put it. You know. And I was always doing something. And my mom, it didn't, my, my grandparents lived in Deep Creek, Virginia. Now, most of you have no clue where Deep Creek, Virginia is. Even if you're from Virginia, you probably have no clue where Deep Creek, it is on the eastern shore. It is right on the Chesapeake Bay and the creeks there. My mom was born and raised on an island in the Chesapeake Bay called Tangier Island, a little bitty time. So my grandfather was obviously a waterman. He caught crabs and oysters for a living. That's what he did. So water was part of the thing. And I would go out with my buddies when I, I'd go spend most summers there at my grandmom's house. And I'd go out in boats with my friends and all that. Well, my, my, my mom didn't like me going out too much in the boats because she was afraid I would get in trouble somewhere and so one day um, I was out with a buddy of mine in the boat and we decided to go to Hunting Creek. Now Hunting Creek was a pretty good little boat ride out of the beach creek and down. So we went over there and we were on our way back when the storm hit. Lightning and all this. We're in a skiff with an outboard motor that had the gas tank on top. That's how old the outboard motor is. Gas tank was on the top of the motor and ran out of gas. Luckily, we had gas. He filled it up, but in the rain, filling up the gas, what happened? Some water got in there too, so we had a hard time getting it started. He got it started. We were afraid to go back to Deep Creek, so we went back to Hunting Creek because of the waves and the storm. Well, guess who was meeting us at the dock on Hunting Creek? That would be my mom. I was not happy to see my mom in Hunting Creek waiting on me in the side of the boat, you know, as one of those beat you all the way home, you know, anyway. But it was a storm, I was afraid, I didn't know what to do, and I was more afraid when I saw my mom than I was in the storm. Many of you are like that. But you have to remember these disciples were afraid, they were used to storms, but they still were afraid. And you also got me to remember that they had just witnessed, I mean, this story is immediately... When it says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get in the boat, it was immediately after he had fed the 5,000. So they had just whispered, witnessed a, and a miracle like few of us have ever seen. Or probably ever seen. Where was their faith? Their faith was back on shore with Jesus. You know, they had faith as long as Jesus was right there in their midst. But their faith kind of when he was absent. Does that sound familiar? 
when we're close to Christ, when we're close to Jesus, our faith is pretty strong. As we get away from him, our faith dissipates, doesn't it? It gets a little bit less and less. We should feel that Jesus is always with us, but sometimes we feel separated or disconnected or out of sorts with Jesus. We've all been there. So when the storms come, we're afraid. And the storms are going to come. Have you all realized that by now? I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've been. I don't care how long you've lived. Storms are going to come. And we better be ready for them. We don't know what the next one's going to look like. Who knew two years ago about COVID? Who knew that it was going to turn our entire world, church, life, country, everything upside down? And it did. If, if, if you hadn't figured that out by now, it has turned everything on its head. Look around you. My guess is you're used to having a lot more folks here. In 2019, my guess is there were probably a lot more folks here. However, now what's happened? Fear and caution, as it should be, has taken us and separated us some. And most people tell you that the chances of everybody coming back are almost none. They say you're going to lose some during this time. Well, when you're a small church and you lose some, that leaves a big hole. You know, you got a thousand, you lose a few. Okay. You got a hundred, you lose a few. You got 50, you lose a few. And you see where I'm going. The few matter more and more. That's what happens. When things get out of whack, we, get, we have got to quit choosing fear over faith. We have got to choose faith. Now, as we think about our lives and how we go, I don't know if you all were like my parents and my, especially my in-laws, they had a room in their house called the living room that the, most of the furniture was covered in sheets or in towels or even plastic or whatever, and you never went in it. Did y'all ever have that in any of your place? Some of you may have had china or towels or special things that were not brought out except for special occasions that never came or rarely came. That living room was set up for special occasions when special guests came that I don't remember them ever coming. So this room was what? No one used it. I was not allowed in it because they knew what I would do if I got in it. So we have those things and all of us have been there. We know about what it is, but unfortunately many of us sit back afraid to join in for all kinds of reasons and are not used for that, waiting for that special occasion to come that, oh, I'll use my talents and gifts for that. Or I'll wait and use that. That's what the disciples were doing. They were sitting back in the boat. You know, they were waiting. They were waiting to see. We, most of us are going for whatever reason, be, oh, I'm not talented enough, or I'm not smart enough, or, or, or I'm just plain afraid. How many things do we not do because we are afraid? Just like the disciples who sat in the boat and Peter's going, I want to go out on water, but they're all looking at him going, yeah, I don't think so. None of them wanted to go, did they? The book, 
that I was talking about, if you can't walk on water if you don't get out of the boat, he calls them boat potatoes. We know the term couch potatoes. Well, they were boat, boat potatoes. And we kind of sit back and wait, and we don't join. We're just waiting for it. And we've been given this gift, and we're afraid. And this gift, like, like those special towels, those special sheets, or those special that china, or whatever it may be, is that gift too valuable to use? Is that the problem? Or do when we get a gift... Is it so valuable it has to be used? We've all been given gifts. We've been given gifts of talents and abilities. We've been given gifts, physical gifts, material gifts. We've all had that stuff given to us. How have we used them? Some of them get stuck in a drawer never to be used. Some of them get stuck because... Oh, this is too pretty to pull out now. We've got to wait for a special occasion. Or there's some you get that, oh, I can't wait to use this. This is so important. I can't, I, how did I live my life without it? How did I live my life without Alexa to ask questions of? I worry about Alexa. I don't know about y'all. I, I kind of worry about her. I think that she's listening in way too much and probably knows all my secrets but, you know, it's a gift that I immediately, what, plugged in, got it going, so that I could ask her what time it was, or I could ask her, um, how do you pronounce this word, or whatever you may use Alexa for, mostly the weather. Is it going to rain today? <laughs> you know, that's probably our biggest question to Alexa. But you, but you know what I'm saying. There's some gifts that you want to use immediately. You can't wait to use them and want to go. And they're, they need... Are our gifts so valuable they have to be used? So many of us get caught in the comfort of the boat and forget to get out and use the gifts and abilities that God's given us. It is so easy to go down that direction. Step into the water. Wait out a little bit deeper. Come on. Jump in there. It's easy to say, no, I don't know, that's scary, and I'm afraid. But we need to get out of, that wo- out of the boat if we're going to ever experience the miraculous things God has in store for you and for me. If we never take the risk, if we never do anything, what are we going to do? Are we going to ever get out of the boat? Are we going to be like the disciples and just sit there and watch? Peter at least risked it and jumped out of the boat. Now, we also know Peter was impetuous. He's going to jump out there no matter what. He, 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 he would say things before he should have, right? He would do things. Remember, he cut off the ear of <laughs> the guard, you know, before he thinks. He would, Lord, I want to go walk on water. He'll jump out of the boat. Whatever it may be, Peter was going to jump at it and say the wrong thing at the wrong time or whatever. But at least he was willing to get out there. And Jesus said, come on. So here's Peter walking on water. Can you imagine what that must have felt like? We're not meant to walk on water, right? He probably never seen anybody walk on water before Jesus walking towards him. They saw him. They thought he was a ghost. They thought he was something. What is this? Here we are. All of us would have given, I don't know. He says, I'll try this. That looks like fun. Y'all ever watch somebody that looked like fun and you 
and you tried it and nah, it wasn't so much fun or maybe it was. Yeah, but it would look like something Peter thought, oh, well, if that's God, Jesus, Jesus, let me walk on the water. He jumps out there and walks on the water. He actually did it. He got out there. But then he let it get in his head, didn't he? If you ever, do y'all ever do that? I do, I do it all the time. I get in my head. I'm, all of a sudden, I'm in the middle of something going, what am I doing? I, this is beyond me. I can't do this. About the first time I was caving with, with a bunch of youth, and I'm crawling through this place, and I'm not sure I'm going to fit through it. I'm going, what am I thinking? What am I doing in here? I'm going to be stuck in this cave for the rest of my life, or at least until I lose enough weight to slide through. <laughs> you know? I mean, what we do, we try stuff. It's a risky thing. When I was done with the cave, wow, that's pretty cool. You know, we look back and go that. And so here's Peter gotten in his head a little bit. I'm walking on water. Ooh, the waves are big. Whoa, this wind's still blowing. The waves are getting big. Oh, no, what was I thinking? We do it in church. We do it in our personal lives. We do it all kinds of ways. We go, what are we thinking? That's over my head. I can't, I'm not, I don't have the abilities to do that. The first time I preached, I go, what, what am I doing? You know, and, I, and even every time I get up, I kind of go, I'm in over my head here. Why? Because it's something beyond what we would normally do. It's something beyond what we think we can do. All of a sudden, Peter's realizing, oh no, fear took over. I might mess up. I'm laying over my head. What was I thinking? I'm not good enough. I can't do this. It's just me. What can God do with just little old me? Y'all ever been there? First time you sing a solo. Or even the last time you sing a solo. Right? I mean, I, every time I get up to do anything, I have that fear that comes rushing in a little bit. Kind of That stuff, and if I don't watch out, will get in my head. Now, do, am I going to get the pitch right on that? Am I going to split that note? Now, I've, I, that's pretty high. Or that, you know, on the trumpet, I, you know, whatever it may be, we wonder about that. But old Petrus Peter, you know, he's going to do it. He's going to jump in there. And all of a sudden, God still used him, even though he denied him three times. He'd, what, he'd done all these things. What did Peter end up doing? Starting the church, the cornerstone. It got the church going. Was he one of the, the, what I call the heroes of the Bible? One of the ones that really did. Impetuous Peter. Why? Because his faith was strong. He was an all or nothing kind of guy. Think about it. He was either in there or he wasn't. He, he, all or nothing. All, he wanted to do it. He's, we have to trust that Jesus will do what he says he will do. Oh, that's hard. He told Peter to come. He did. Peter sank. He asked to be saved. He was. Why did you doubt? Most of us doubt. Why do we doubt? Has not God proved himself faithful over and over and over and over again? He wants to use you, but he needs you to make the move, to trust him, to step out of the boat. We got to get out of the boat. And here you are, here you are, got an interim pastor now, looking for a pastor, 
trying to figure out what's our next direction, how do we get this, how do we get things moving again, and we're sitting here going, I don't know, we're pretty small, I don't know, we just got a few folks, I don't know, I don't know what God can do with us. I tell you what God could do. He could do miraculous things. You know, he called me to come out of, out of retirement, as it were, sort of. Now, I'll be honest, I'm much more comfortable in the boat. I'm much more comfortable in my recliner, watching too much TV. But I think God wanted me to do more than yard work and watch TV at this time in my life. So, the phone rings, you answer it. You talk, you pray, and God opens the door. So here I stand. What about you? Is the phone going to ring? Are you going to answer it? Are you going to decide, no, I'm pretty comfortable where I am. This is a good place. This is all right. You know, we get comfortable in our size of church. We get comfortable in the people in our church. We get comfortable in all situations, the jobs we do in our church, the jobs we don't do in our church. We all get comfortable in what we're doing. We all get comfortable and like to pop our feet up. But guess what? I felt out of sorts sitting in my recliner and doing yard work. I'm going, okay, there's more to retirement than this, I know. Everybody asked, are you enjoying retirement? I don't know yet. That was my answer. I, seriously, that was my answer because I was out of sorts. I knew that I was not where I needed to be. I, didn't, I knew that God had other things in store for me. How long does he have it in store for me? I have no idea. It could be tomorrow or it could be hopefully not a couple years from now. But it probably could be, you know. What I was saying is we don't know. None of us know. None of us know what tomorrow is going to bring. So what do we do? I know one thing, I think he wants Forest Heights to see miraculous and exciting things happen. We so many times think the miraculous things are for those spiritual giants and those other people that, you know, oh, it's just for the Billy Grahams of the world or the whoever your spiritual giant is, David Jeremiah's or the whoever they may be. My Bible doesn't say that. My Bible says all these people had opportunities. Every one of those disciples could have gotten out of that boat. Every one of them had that chance. Peter had the guts enough to give it a shot. Do we have the guts enough to give it a shot? What, is your, what do you mean? What, 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 he, what can he want me to do? We want you to pray, get to know him, work on that relationship. Peter had a relationship with Jesus. Oh, if it's you, God, if it's you, Lord, uh, tell me to come with you. If we have that relationship with Jesus and we're praying, he'll show you what to do. But now when he shows you what to do, don't go say, no, he's not really telling me to do that. I bet he's telling Daniel to do that. Or, oh, I bet Tim's supposed to do that one. Or, well, we've got a, an interim pastor. Wes, Wes, Wes will do it. So you call them up and say, hey, I've got a great idea for you to do. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. We've been there. Some of us have done it. I had a pastor one time that his idea of church growth was for me to do something else. 
and so he would he would pile little things on me to do, you know, whatever it may be. No, when God tells you to do something, jump in there and do it. The disciples, when he got back in the boat and this winds calmed, all realized this is truly the Son of God. When we've witnessed a miracle, when we see that God even controls the waves, the, the wind, COVID. When we see that God can control those things, we worship him and bow down to him and say, he is the son of God. He is in charge. We better be excited about that. And we got to see, okay, now what do we do? We want to see miracles. We want to see things happen. All of us do. Man, there's nothing. My guess is all of you have experienced a miracle or seen a miracle in some way or another. And when you do, there's nothing like it, is there? When that happens, you go, God is here. He was truly working in this situation. Faith comes into play. Peter's faith allowed him to walk on water, but his doubt causes him to sink. Our faith will cause us to walk on water. Our doubt will cause us to faint and to sink and not go the place we need to go, and not see the things he's got in store for you. He's got awesome things in store for you. Jesus did the hard work. He died on the cross for us. He saves us. He's the God who saves. He's the God who stays. He's the only one. It's up to us to understand it. So what do we do? What will we do with new opportunities? Will we stay on the boat or will we walk on water? Will we trust Jesus to save us or will we drown? Will we step out on faith or are we going to live in fear? It's our choice. It's up to us. How will we deal with it? He's done everything for us. How do we respond? Let's pray. Father, we turn our lives and our hearts over to you. Help us to have the faith that we need. Help us when we doubt. Lord, you have shown us so many things. You've been with us. You are here with us. You love us. You've opened so many doors. Lord, this is a mighty church. This is an awesome group of people that you have gathered here today. We ask you right now to go with us and show us what to do. Show us how to walk on water. Show us the miraculous things you have in store for us. And we'll give you the honor and the glory because you are our God and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. This is our time of invitation. We invite you to come if, you would like to, if you've not received Christ as your Savior. This is a great opportunity. If you're a member of Forest Heights, Great. If you're not, this is a great time to join with this wonderful fellowship. There may be other decisions you have to make. This is up to you. This is your time. The altar is open to pray, or you can come as we sing.